Please take your Bibles and open to the book of Luke in chapter 1. And before we go home tonight, I'd just like for us to spend a few minutes here. It's our last, uh, we'll have a service on Wednesday night, but this will be our last uh, Lord's Day service before the end of the year. Just considering the mother of the Lord Jesus Christ, Mary, in just a few minutes as we pay attention to Luke chapter 1. I think it would be appropriate tonight as we see the story of a young woman. As we've heard the story of a young woman that God miraculously brought to faith. Uh, one of the things that thrills me about Aaron's testimony is kind of a twist on things because her professor, her teacher, was a teacher of world religions. Am I correct? So he's teaching world religions, and the way I normally think of that in a secular university, University of Michigan, Dearborn, right? The way I normally think of that is the person who, and you'll have to forgive me here, the person who teaches world religions, I would think would normally be the person that's kind of stretching people into not believing the right things. That's just my kind of prejudice. And yet in this case, she follows him into the parking lot and says, tell me about you gave your personal testimony about what you believed and came to faith. That is a really wonderful story of God reaching down into somebody's life. What a wonderful Christmas it must be for you to get to see the fruit of your ministry that way. And an obvious work of God in Aaron's life. If you've been around a while, you know that that uh, salvation, conversion, you know, it isn't something you talk people into. It's not something you twist people's arm and they're converted. It's a miracle of God. It's God doing something beautiful and wonderful. It's just a breathtaking, wonderful miracle of a thing. With a, with a, you have a young woman in the Bible. Her name was Mary. And let's just read her story and let this story kind of land our souls for a few minutes before we go home tonight. This is from Luke chapter 1, verse 26. And I want you to, as you read this, I want you to notice some qualities that were in Mary's life that God honors that we ought to aspire to have in our lives as we close the year. Now, in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin, betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. And having come in, the angel said to her, Rejoice, highly favored one. The Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. But when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying and considered what manner of greeting this was. And then the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb, bring forth and bring forth a son, and shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Highest, and the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. He will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there shall be no end. Then Mary said to the angel, How can this be, since I do not know a man? And the angel answered and said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore also that Holy One who is to be born will be called the Son of God. Now indeed, Elizabeth, your relative, has also conceived a son in her old age. And this is now the sixth month for her who is called barren. For with God, nothing will be impossible. Then Mary said, Behold the maid servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word, and the angel departed from her. What a beautiful story about the angelic announcement to Mary that she would bear the Son of God into the world, a virgin birth. Mary, it's interesting what's happened with Mary. You know, over the years, you, you have people that have, have venerated Mary in an inappropriate way and taught things about Mary that the Bible doesn't teach. But then you've probably noticed that there are people who drag Mary through the mud and filth of, of skepticism. 
I think it was a couple of years ago, the boys were driving home from church on a, on a, uh, after a Christmas service, and they noticed that somebody had raided somebody's little plastic manger scene. And in, in, in an act of, of what I just would have to assume was just, just irreverent foolishness, they, they took the, the, the figure of Mary and they, and they just took it out and then they threw it out into the street. And the boys, they, they came along and they found that, and they, they picked it up, and they took it home, they put it in their, in their room. <laughs> and, and I'm always trying to get them to clean out their room and throw stuff away, and I'm like, why don't you throw that away? They're like, I, I don't want to throw that away. Uh, for a long time, every time I would challenge Chuck to throw away Mary, he would say, we're not going to do that, Dad. I want her to be here. Well, he moved away. Um, but so how do you feel about Mary? Can I just suggest some things before we go? And, and Tim, thank you for your testimony tonight. I appreciate that. And David, you too. I don't maybe, you, did David, you go up there? You guys didn't know it, but, you know, as young guys, uh, given testimonies of humility, you were like the good introduction to my little message tonight. Because look at what you have in, just in the person of Mary. Just three things to, that I just want to point out to you that are good things to lay on your heart and your soul as we come to the end of a year and we approach a new year and we have the aspirations for growth and qualities of Christ-like character and Christ-like intimacy, Mary is such a beautiful pattern for that. If Mary had not been a person of humility, God would not have used her the way he did. God, Timothy, thank you for what you said. God honors humility. God blesses humility. And and the beginning of humility is just admitting, like we often have to do, that we don't have that quality. Mary modeled humility. You see it in this. Notice in chapter 1 in verse 48, in her song, she bursts into the song we call the Magnificat. Verse 48, he, he has regarded, she said, my soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit is rejoiced in God my Savior. For he has regarded the lowly state of his maidservant. She didn't say, well, God, you finally found me. I'm, I'm very special. And she said, I can't believe you are going to use me. She had that humility. She came from an obscure place. She was unquestionably poor. Uh, her response to the angelic announcement, the angelic announcement really troubled her. But she was silent for a long time before she responded. And then when she did respond, it was just in a humble question. It's a beautiful picture. And her willingness to submit to the plan of God. She's like, whatever you say, I want that to be the way it is. There would be many of us that would be disqualified to be used to the Lord because of our unwillingness to submit. God honors humility. He also honors purity. What if this young woman had not been pure? What if there had been some you know, scandal attached to her life? What if she had been questionable in her deportment, in her behavior, in her dress? She couldn't have borne into the world the Son of God. She would not have been qualified to do that. She had to be a pure young woman. And I will tell you, that will never, never go out of style. Men and women alike. What an example in a defiled age where no one blushes anymore at uncovered flesh or lewdness of one kind or another or vulgarity or sexual innuendo. They're the standard fare on the nightly TV Purity and chastity have plunged into such a low degree that in comparison to the perversions which are so openly flaunted in, in our culture, openly, it's a sickening thing to see these things weren't a part of Mary's life in any way. There was no hint of that, no shadow of that, no question about that. Mary was humble and Mary was pure.
God blesses, he honors, he favors people who have had such intimacy with the Lord that humility is the result of that. And God blesses and he honors and he uses people who are people who have such intimacy with the Lord that, that they grow in, in moral purity. And I want to quickly say, maybe some of you are even here tonight, and, and you are thinking back, even as I talk about that purity, about mistakes you've made and failures that you've had in your past. And I want to remind you that our purity is where we stand with the Lord and the righteousness that he has given to us. And though you have made mistakes in your past that are painful to you and that you regret and they humble you, Remember there are pictures, there are stories in the Bible of women who have the same kind of moral failures. They're the ones that were lifted up as ones who especially showed love to God because they were so forgiven and they were pure. It was like they had a new beginning of purity. Maybe some of you would be a good to have a new beginning of humility in the new year, a new beginning of purity. There's another thing in her life that I see. It's a beautiful thing. And that is, in her life you have an obvious, uh, an obvious quality of faith, of trust, of confidence. This would have been... An incredible, uh, interesting thing. Look at verse 37. With God, nothing will be impossible. If God were to say to you, hey, I, if God were to say to you, I want to bless you. If God were to say to you, I want to do something wonderful in your life. What, what you can believe me for that's in the Bible. You need to ask me some things this year because I'm eager to bless you. You need to ask me for some things this year because I want to answer your prayers and I want to work in your life. What would you ask him for? I would suggest the best thing to do would be to go to the Word of God and ask him for the things he says you ought to want. And that's kind of a beginning of the year. To have faith, to trust in God, that you ask God for things that he wants you to have and he works those things in your life. This is a quality that Mary had. She had this quality of humility. She had this quality of purity. She had this quality of faith. Think about that. These were really dark days in Israel. Silence, lots of doubt, lots of difficulty, political oppression, just like we have dark days in our own way now. But here was an an old priest way past his prime. And here was a widow who spent her time in fasting and prayer. Probably a lot of people said, oh, she's wasting her time. And here was another priest from a cow town with a barren wife. And there was a young carpenter without any ambition for revolution or desire to change the world. And then there was the teenage girl from the, from the wrong side of the tracks. But that was enough. Just when the flame of faith began to flicker in the wind of skepticism, a bolt of fire fell from heaven on Nazareth. From the throne room of God to Nazareth, fire fell on the altar of faith that was prepared in a young girl's heart. Probably a teenage girl whose sincere and genuine faith drew fire from heaven. That's quite a story, isn't it? And it is good for us to think of Mary. When we think of someone that we want to aspire to be like, we could be like Mary, especially maybe young ladies and all of us, to aspire to have the humility that God appointed humility, that God appointed purity, and that God appointed faith that she had. The fire always falls where those are there that are filled with faith. But the question is, will there be people who still believe what God has said? What will you believe God for? As you come to the end of the year and you aspire to things, maybe you regret some things about last year. And if you're like I am, you do. And maybe you aspire to some things in the new year. You're not too, you're not too old and, and fossilized and crusty not to aspire to things next year, are you? No, you do, right? You, you have aspirations. What, what would God do in the new year? Well, these would be wonderful things to, to aspire to, a deeper level of humility, 
a greater experience of purity, to believe God for things, to have faith, to believe God for things that he said you ought to desire. So what would it be that you would capture in your heart and say, this is what God wants in my life, I desire, and that you would find favor with God. Years ago, a young girl lived in Ireland. We tell her story often because we like it. She had an unusual desire to be used of God. She would go to the slums in Ireland, and she would do ministry in a dangerous place in the slums to young girls. Had an amazing ministry in the slums in Ireland to young girls. Then eventually she went overseas, and she went to India and was there 54 years. Her name was Amy Carmichael, and she wrote some beautiful things. Let me read one of them to you tonight. This is what she said. From prayer that ask that I may be sheltered from winds that beat on thee. From fearing when I should aspire. From faltering when I should climb higher. From silken self, O captain, free thy soldier who would follow thee. She's saying, I don't want an easy life. I want to be used of you. Young girl. And she was used of God. From subtle love of softening things. From easy choices, weakenings. Not thus our spirits fortified, not this way went the crucified. From all that dims thy Calvary, O Lamb of God, deliver me. Give me the love that lights the way, and faith that nothing will dismay, and hope no disappointments tire, and passion that will burn like fire. Let me not sink to be a clod, but make me thy fuel, O flame of God. That's what Amy Carmichael said, and he did that. Wouldn't it be neat if there were some young woman in the house tonight that would say, I'm nobody, God, but if you touch me, I want to be used of you. I humble myself. I'm not worthy, but I want to be used of you. Work in me a great humility. Work in me a great purity. Work in me a great faith. It would be exciting to see what would happen. Young men, I believe that there might be young women, young men, maybe some older people here tonight, same way. I believe there are young women, young men here tonight too. They would be able to say, like with Jim Elliott, we appreciate so much his journals where he wrote this, light these idle sticks of my life and let them burn up for thee. I seek not a long life, but a full one like you, Lord Jesus. Everybody else is out there. They're living for their self or they're living to gather junk or they don't have some experiences. But young people who desire to be used of God, young people who desire to be unusual, extraordinary in Christ, these are rare and tonight, maybe it would be good. We're coming to the end of the year, and one of the things that we do when we look back is we praise Him for His goodness, even as He sustained us through trials or difficulties. And we thank Him for His protection. Um, but another thing that we should do when we look back is we should examine our lives carefully and ask hard questions of ourselves and be very honest before the Lord. Donald Whitney uh, from Southern Seminary in Louisville has written some really helpful practical books, and I want to close here tonight with a suggestion that he's given, a kind of a self-diagnostic tool, if you will. Lay this on your heart as we close tonight. Do you thirst for God? Do you thirst for God? Are you governed increasingly by the Word of God? Are you more loving than you used to be? Are you more sensitive to God's presence? Do you have a growing concern for the spiritual and the temporal needs of others? Do you delight in the bride of Christ? Are the spiritual disciplines increasingly important to you? Do you still grieve over sin? Are you a quicker forgiver? Do you yearn for heaven and to be with Jesus? And could I add these three questions based on Mary's example to us? Are you growing in humility? Are you eager to grow in humility? Are you increasing in your own personal purity? And is your faith increasing? 
carry these ideas on your heart as we close, as we close the year. And as you spend like time, private, quiet, peaceful time with the Lord, why don't you just say to him, Lord, I want to be used of you. I want my life to be pleasing to you. Luke chapter 1, verse 30, I want to find favor with God. Favor with God. Would God, would it be like if there were some people who, by the work of the Holy Spirit of their life, placed themselves in a position where they could have the power of God on their life, the favor of God on their life? What would happen? What would happen in your life if that was you? Who would you help? Who would you touch? What would happen if you went deeper with God this year than ever before? I want to close with a little chorus. I'd like you to stand with me. It's a simple little chorus. We'll just sing it together. And it's a prayer to the Lord. Let's sing. It's a little song. It's called like this. In my life, Lord, be glorified. In my life, Lord, be glorified. Be glorified. In my life, Lord, be glorified today. Heavenly Father, we are thankful tonight for this beautiful Lord's Day. It's been a sweet and happy day, a very tre- a treasure for us, especially tonight to see Erin give her testimony of salvation and to see her so boldly and sincerely and publicly thank you for her salvation. I ask, Lord, that your blessing would be upon her life I ask, Lord, that you give her great peace, that you use her, that you protect her, that you would instruct her and teach her, that folks here would gather around her and make her part of the family, and that, that, that she would feel great love and, and care. And I ask, Lord, that you'd help us to be honest in our self-examination and help us to have a holy aspiration to be used of you in the coming year. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Good night.